Welcome back to Single Minded. I'm your host, Hannah First. And I'm your co-host, Linda. How are you, Hannah? <laughs> so bloody dead. I've been, I'm at this fitness camp that my sister did and she really loved it. And I was really nervous about doing it, but I'd been working out pretty consistently for probably two months now. Yep. So I was like, yeah, I think I can go and do it. It's down in the islands. And I thought I was really fitter. Yeah, I feel awful all day. <laughs> All day. No. I mean, I no, I just feel really tired. It's basically get up at 6, at the gym by 6.37. That's like an hour. Then you come back at 10 for another hour and then at 5 o'clock. It's all different. Like every day is different. The Muay Thai classes are an hour and a half. So it's just a lot. But it's been it's been good. I feel really healthy and strong, and mm. like eating pretty healthy because it's really good food in Costa Mui. And yeah, that's about it. Which ties in with uh, the, episode the episode of Body Image. Now I've just got something quick. Yep. Thanks to you and your Uber Eats coffees, you gave me two months free membership yes. promo to binge. <laughs> so I have taken the opportunity yep. to go back and finish something you didn't like and just like that. Oh, I turned it off. Yes. Well, the second episode, it was a bit turn-offable, but actually quite enjoying it for now until the new season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills comes out. It's a good winding down bed TV, but I do have a bone to pick (laughs) with Sarah Jessica Parker. Yes. I don't think there should be smoking in the show, which you may not have got to. I've not got to that yet. But even worse, Carrie was smoking outside her apartment and then threw the butt into the gutter. I was absolutely horrified because you know how much time I spend sweeping up butts in the gutter. In our street. Linda's in our like street. The... I'm the butt lady. <laughs> you love it though. You would have nothing to do on the weekend if people didn't throw their cigarette butts. I do get very upset. We've got a new little person who sits on our – we've got this sort of – it's like a New York stoop, but it runs along the side of the building. Someone is kindly butting out 100 cigarettes a week oh. into the corner. So oh. I have to put them in a bin. <gasps> so, so what rude. I, what I, what, so rude. So what I want to say is the butts are, I know this is boring, but they're made from this kind of plastic. It's called cellulose acetate. It takes 15 years to decompose or up to 15 years. And meanwhile, if it gets washed into the stormwater drain, it leaches Mm. toxic emissions into the waterways and actually can end up in sea creatures' stomachs. So I couldn't understand, and just like that covers off absolutely everything from the 2022 hit list. So I'm wondering why Carrie, if she still insists on smoking at 55, wouldn't carry a pocket ashtray. So I'm (laughs) going to send them a link to myashtray.com and she can purchase a mini ashtray bag for her Fendi Nano Baguette bag. Very nice. (laughs) I had actually watched the entire Sex and the City every single – so I used to love Mr Big and then I re-watched in my 30s and I was like he is such a dick and I would net he wouldn't even get past the first date with me like I remember he brought his friend to the first date (laughs) there is no way in hell I'd get I I just he wouldn't even get a second look from me now he's such an asshole yes but anyway 
Let's get into the episode. Rav is joining me again. We're talking about body image and how dating affects your body image and our own journeys with our bodies. So let's get into that. I'm very excited to welcome Rav Vandawa back to the podcast. This is a topic very close to both of our hearts and we actually did record it and my mic wasn't plugged in. So we're back to record version two, except that something has happened for both of us in the last week since we recorded. So actually it was meant to be, right? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I'll just give a little bit of a roundup for everyone because we've got three questions that we wanted to answer. The first was talking about how we felt about our bodies growing up and how the media influenced that. And then we're going to talk about how men and dating and in Rav's case, marriage later influenced how we felt about our bodies. And then we'll talk about our relationship with our bodies now and how it's changed over time. And I think we've both got stories about things that happened in the last week. We've both been having lots of... um aha moments on our mm. bodies and men and dating and how we feel about it. So welcome, Rav. So good to see you again. <laughs> Thank you. It's so good to be back. And um, I feel like you and I always have great conversations. So I'm looking forward to today's episode. So maybe we'll just get started on the first question that I had for both of us, which was how did you feel about your body growing up? And were there any influences like the media that influenced that? I think for me, social media wasn't that big of a thing when I was growing up. And I think you and I are similar ages, so you probably feel the same way. It was more like magazines and stuff, like the Dolly Mag and your Paris Hiltons and Nicole Ritchie. They were kind of the girls that were all over the media in some capacity. And I just remember... For me, the biggest thing that used to make me feel shit about my body back then was they would always just be rolling around in those really like low sitting jeans and there was no way in hell that I was going to be able to squeeze myself into those. So Mm. I just feel like I just constantly felt uncomfortable because of that. And then for me, there was just a lot of cultural influences growing up where I just constantly felt like I wasn't good enough with my body. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like I I remember it being the same, no social media, but it almost was worse because on social media at least you can like filter out who you follow and you can like choose to follow like plus size models and there weren't plus size models weren't a thing back then. So like mm. you didn't have sort of a range of bodies to look at. It was really the models were stick thin. I was like around with like the Kate Moss and like that heroin chic that was still a thing. And I distinctly yeah. remember seeing Nicole Richie and Lindsay Lohan in those really tight dresses and they both lost a ton of weight. And they were on the cover of Who and NW and like every back then they were like, if you don't remember, but they were all, I used to buy all of those trashy magazines. And then the other thing yeah. that was always a thing was they used to post like, celebrities you know like in a bad way with their beach bodies and how bad they Mm. looked it was a really toxic time in media and for women and for women's bodies I think it's come a long way 100% I think they still do that like you still have those trashy mags I haven't seen one of those in a really long time but if I happen to ever flick through one at the supermarket now they still have those stupid photos of like people caught off guard on the beach and whatnot but to your point, yeah, I can't actually remember anyone other than J-Lo 
back when we were probably teenagers who was yep. the only person that didn't have, she just had curves, right? And mm. it's just insane to think that there was just no diversity in terms mm. of body shape or size back then. And JLo's still really thin. Yeah. yeah. Like she's pretty small. Yes, she's curvy, but she has almost like an idealistic body shape of something that's really unattainable. Like she's in her 50s without a scrap of cellulite. Like that's not normal. Yeah. I just think it's crazy that everyone used to think that she had this huge ass back then. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even that big. Yeah. I know. If you look at butts rolling around these days it's like oh my god like she's yeah it's it's not big anymore at all relative to the other butts that are like floating around and I remember actually being semi-bullied at parties like when I look back on it it wasn't really bullying because it was the guy there all the boys used to give me a nickname JLo because I looked Mm. different like I was bigger curvier had different hair you know, like I was yeah. really different. And so that really affected me a lot. And I remember I went away at 15 for a year, was sent away to like the country and I just ate my feelings and gained a mm. shit ton of weight. And then I joined and then lost all the weight. And then boys started giving me attention again. And that just started a cycle of fad dieting from that point on. Yeah. I just can't believe that back then, kids were allowed to join that blows my mind because you, you're not the only person that I've heard talking about this like I knew a girl growing up as well we would have been in year 11 at the time and being in Queensland we were 15 yeah 16, 16 and she was on yeah and I just remember thinking like I thought that was a thing for adults but then literally the year after that I had joined something as well it had some weird name some culty yeah. name And they used to give me these weird supplements. Like I used to take tablets. I used to put these like drops in my water and I lost a ton of weight in year 12 doing that. But like if I ever had a kid now, I don't think I'd be as supportive of my kid doing that. No, no, no. And I, I've tried everything. Like I have done, I'll just be honest. I've done juice cleanses. I've done actual cleanses in Thailand where you don't eat. You just drink mud and do clonics. I've done. You drink mud. Yeah. You drink bentonite clay. It's like this clay mixture that they mix with water. It's disgusting. And that's all you. That cannot be good for your. (laughs) Well, no, you have to do, you have to do a clonic to, it's a long story. Yeah. So juice cleanses, actual cleanses. I've tried to do like no carbs. I've done diet pills at one point when I gained a lot of weight and was just like, I want to look like I've just literally, I don't think there's any fad diet I haven't tried. Remember the, what was it called? The the juice, the um, lemon detox. Lemon detox. And it was like pepper and lemon and water for like 10 days. It was cane pepper, lemon pepper, maple syrup. (laughs) I still remember I'm scarred from this. That was awful. I've done it. Yeah, Beyonce would have been the only person back then along with J-Lo who had that curvy body that I can think of that was like mainstream. And she also went tiny at one yes. point for Dreamgirls and yes. that was how she did it, doing this lemon detox. So that was a fad. And in addition to like everything that you've mentioned, the only other thing that I guess I've done as well is probably, yeah, like I didn't really have a like a you know, a uh, retreat or a program that I followed, I literally would just starve myself at times. Yeah, no, I've done that as well, where I don't eat all yeah. day and then wait for yeah. till dinner. Yeah. So for those that don't know, 
I've been up and down, like I've been up like 15, 20 kilos down, up, down. I mean, now I'm like pretty stable, but yeah, it's just that yo-yo dieting of up and down and up and down. It's like actually Mm. really painful because you just, it's like this constant obsession. It's an obsession, really. That's how I found it to be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think with the obsession part as well, along with the media, I don't know how it was for you, and I love my mom to death. My parents, actually, I shouldn't just say my mom, but they didn't help either because Mm. I feel like they were so fixated on the number, whether it was the number on my clothes because they obviously had a lot of control over, like, what I was buying and and stuff at that time because I was financially dependent on them. And then also just, like, the number on the scales too. Mm. And it was just it constantly it felt like I was aspiring to meet other people's standards. And I just don't think that's healthy at such a young age. Yeah. Well, I'll let let my mum comment on this because she'll be listening back to this. I won't make a comment, but I think she's, she knows, (laughs) she knows that she's also been the same as me. And yeah, I think she'll have something to say on that. So the next question was, like I've mentioned, you know, when I was younger, probably like, teenage years where like it already had started where boys were making comments but then sort of how do you think men dating but you you actually got married so I know that really affected your self-esteem and your body image can you tell us a little bit about that yeah so I think for me growing up in high school I didn't have boys impacting so much of my body image because I went to an all-girls school and I didn't really have much interaction with boys so I was a bit of a late bloomer on that front and then when I did start dating I was just a lot smaller I was probably the thinnest I've ever been and then when I got into my relationship with my ex it was kind of also around that same time so he had just not known anything different and I hadn't shared that with him either that I had, similar to you, gone up and down in my weight for most of my life. But I think where I sort of started to probably didn't pick up on like the red flags in terms of how he viewed body image and like correlated it with attractiveness and and all that was probably like six to 12 months into our relationship was kind of when I started to get a bit comfortable. Mm. My weight did start to go up in like increments and at that point, he was just sort of encouraging me to work out a little bit more. I've since been diagnosed with insulin resistance, so that also contributed to it, but he didn't know. And I just would get comments all the time, whether it was gradually as our relationship progressed, I would start to get comments around what I was eating or what my activity levels were like and that I just wasn't doing enough to shift that weight. And Mm -hmm. there were two kind of key issues that I had with that approach. Number one, it was it shouldn't really matter what I look like. If you're married to me at this point, doesn't that love go beyond just what I look like? Because if you are planning on being with me forever, I'm sorry, but I don't know what makes you think I'm going to look like this forever. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree with that. And also like people get pregnant, have kids, they have baby weight, like there has to be a level of unconditional acceptance knowing that if you want to have a family that's going to happen anyway that's a really good point that you raise because he also probably would have been a terrible person if I ever did end up having kids with him because there were comments that he'd made about a friend of his who had had a baby and he made comments about his partner sort of bouncing straight back right so I think he would have just had that expectation expectation 
Yeah. Yeah. But if I would have had kids, God forbid, I took longer than three months to go back yeah, to my right. pre-baby weight. So, yeah, like there was a lot of red flags along the way and ultimately it sort of led to my marriage breaking up. He didn't specifically say this verbatim, but reading between the lines, I know that that had a huge part to play in it because we weren't sleeping together or anything leading up to him leaving. And I just think being left in that way and being left because of how you look Mm. just gives you the craziest amount of baggage and like insecurity about how you look. And nearly three years on now, I'm still working through that mm. to, to the day. I've, I've made a lot of progress and I think yeah. not only has it changed the way that I date, but it has also changed my relationship with my body. So I'm thankful mm. for that. But I just would not wish that on anyone because mm. the last thing you want is someone that's that close to you, is someone that you want to be, you know, your authentic self with. Mm. and not feeling like you can ever really do that. It really does chip away at you and just your soul not to be all like woo-woo. On the opposite end of the spectrum, there was a girl that sent me a message that I thought was so cute. So she was getting married and she had set a goal to lose five kilos for the wedding and her fear, which I've got no problem with that. Like I've, you know, like it's everyone has doing it for you who cares totally but her fiance did not comment the whole time didn't comment on her weight didn't say you look like didn't comment and she then asked him and I think he said well you looked amazing before so like he wasn't reinforcing no (laughs) he wasn't (laughs) reinforcing so he wasn't going to reinforce that she needed to lose weight he was like glad you're working towards your goals but like yeah. not not that she was looking better I just thought that was the sweetest That's so sweet ever yeah and look I, I I don't doubt that you know there's going to be people that are listening to this that can relate to what I'm saying and there's also going to be a plethora of people that yeah. are listening to what the example you uh, shared I think that example have- is quite rare to be honest that sort of example has only happened to me once because I guess on my how I would answer this question. I just feel like, like I remember because I was so up and down, like, you know, I think that, and a lot of women sent this in that for a very long time, not now, but for a very, very long time, I wouldn't date unless I was at my goal weight. If I was that, if I was that weight or below, then I can date. And if I was above that, I wouldn't date. And so like during the first year of COVID, I was above that. So I like didn't date. And then as soon as I lost the COVID weight, then I could date again. And it was, it's just a constant battle in your mind where you're just like, you have this ridiculous, it's, it is ridiculous when I look back on it, that you wouldn't just date regardless. You would be like, I would literally just not date. I just felt so bad about myself. It was like two kilos and I'd be like, no, pause the apps, wait till I lose the two kilos. Yeah, that is so relatable. I still find myself sometimes doing that now and I actively have to talk myself out of it because the way that I think of it is, you know, I don't not see my friends just because of how I look, right? And I have to treat dates the same way. You can't pause your life for that. If you were on a mission or like a path to change the way that you look for you and for nobody, like it should just be for you. And and if you're not going on dates and stuff, it's not for you. Then it is for other people, it feels like. So, yeah, yeah, but I can totally relate to that. And it's not easy. It's not easy to break out of that cycle because we're always, I feel like the media and the way that things are marketed to us just contributes to that, right? Mm. 
Oh, no, 100%. I um, I do remember like the moment that things started to change for me. I was in Thailand. I had been saying how fat I, I just look in the mirror and say, you're so fat, you're so fat. And it just was like that inner dialogue that just goes on. You use that mm. word, you're so fat. And I would just use that inner dialogue. It had gone on for years. And then yeah. I remember I got to Thailand and there was this book. It was Louise Hay, who JLo actually loves. <laughs> And it was how to heal your life, I think. And then it's all about, there's some pretty woo-woo stuff in there, but the crux of it is what about just loving yourself? Why don't you just Mm. give that a go? And so I remember I made this real effort when I got back from Thailand. I read the book and I made this like really big effort. Every time I catch myself saying, you're so fat, I'd be like, no, you look amazing. And so I'd literally just do that over and over. And that's that was the start. I wasn't fat either. I just, just the way that we talk to ourselves. And when I wasn't even conscious of it. Mm. It's This is, oh my God, I can't believe you just said all this because this is like a great segue into what I was talking to you about, like that session that I had with my therapist. Yes. Because it was all based around this. So, because this is all I really talk to her at at the moment about, like it's, Mm. it's literally just things around my body, body image and how I'm trying to change that relationship, like mentally with my body. And I had this just like penny drop moment while I was sitting there talking to Mm. her because I said to her, like, I don't ever care if somebody doesn't like me because of my personality. Mm -hmm. I am confident in what I bring to the table when it comes to me and my personality and what I bring to friendships or relationships as a daughter, sister, friend, whatever. So why do I care so much what other people think in terms of my physical appearance And how does it have the ability to derail me so much? Mm. And I said to her, like, I notice these times where I do feel good about how I look, whether it's my face, my body, whatever, like I'm okay with it and I'm happy with it. But then something will trigger me, whether it's something not fitting properly or it's, you know, a bad experience with the dating apps or whatever, Mm. like something will trigger me. And it's like a switch will flick and it'll just turn to like absolute contempt towards my Mm, body. And I've never been able to separate my brain, like my interior to my exterior. And I had a moment a few weeks ago where I actually realized how much of an asshole I was being to myself. Mm, And like if my body and my brain were two different organisms separated Mm -hmm. and they could hear what the other was saying to each other, Imagine how shit my body would feel knowing that I just avoid mirrors. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That I don't want to look at my body or that I say these things about my body. And if I ever heard somebody saying things like this about somebody else, I would call it bullying. Mm. So how the hell am I sitting there like bullying myself in that way? Yeah. And I have like a moment of compassion. Like I actually Mm. felt sad about how I was speaking to myself and Now what I do, like to what you said about having to, you know, tell yourself that, you know, you do look good rather than me doing that. When I have those moments where I'm so rude and just like ruthless Mm. to myself, I will just sit there and like, just try and sit in a bit of compassion Mm. and be like, can you just like chill for a second? Like you're doing X, Y, Z, you're going to get to where you want to get to, but look at all the things your body is doing for you now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I really relate. And it's like, I think that if you have an awareness of the negative mm. self-talk, you can at least be aware of it. It doesn't change overnight. It will not change oh, no. overnight. Yeah. It's taken like years for me probably to get to the point of 
you know, like I wouldn't run in, I've told you this, like I wouldn't run in bike shorts. I wouldn't walk in bike shorts because I've got cellulite on the back of my legs and it's very jiggly and soft. Like I've got very soft jiggly thighs. So like I wouldn't even walk around Richmond. I'd be so embarrassed that I wouldn't wear my bike. I'd only wear my bike shorts around the house. Sometimes I'd wear them on holidays if it was just like sitting at, oh, actually, I just, I don't wear bikinis. I would wear my Lululemon bike shorts over my bikini bottoms and walk around the beach. Yeah, (laughs) that's when I wore the bike shorts. I know. And so it's been a recent thing. I will now run in bike shorts and it's taken me like, God, yeah, it's taken me a really, really long time to get to that point. Yeah, I think it's a combination of that self-awareness that you said, plus also I don't know what it is, but you always hear about people saying that they really sort of come into their own in their 30s and then even more so in their 40s. I think it's a combination of both. Well, on that note, how has your relationship with your body changed over time? Has it gotten better? Do you think it's gotten worse? Is it up and down? Yeah, I definitely think it's up and down. And I think it's always going to be like that just because it's the nature of being human. Yeah. Um, But I would say it's definitely trending more towards it being more up than down most of the time. Whereas I think for most of my life, from what I can remember, whether it was things that my parents were saying to me or things that my partner was saying to me at the time, I felt low more times than I did high about Mm. my body. And now I'm just doing things that make me happy. So if I go to the gym, I can see myself getting stronger. It obviously will have an effect on the appearance of your body as well. And I'm looking at that as more of an added benefit rather than just going to the gym for the sake of just changing my body. It's more Mm. just working on it from the inside out. And I think we, we mentioned this when we spoke last time, but I feel like when you almost stop trying, your body just falls into place as well. And Mm. I'm starting to realize that a lot more and just tap into that. So it just feels like I have more energy to give to other areas of my life because I'm not spending all this energy obsessing over how I look. That's probably the most significant thing that I've noticed. Mm. And also, sorry, one last thing, boundaries. So you know how you were using the example of the girl who messaged you about her partner not saying anything about her body? I had to have a conversation with my parents as an adult, like in my 30s, which I've not ever had the balls to do, and just say to them, like, I know you're coming, you think you're coming from a place of love, but it has the complete opposite effect on me and I don't need you to say anything about my body, good or bad. Don't say I look good, don't say I look bad, just don't even talk about my body. And that has made a world of difference as well. I love that. I think that's so good. What about you? (laughs) So I, the last guy I dated was the weirdest experience of my life. And it actually had such a profound, it has had a profound effect because I didn't, I always found that guys I dated never, ever commented on my body, good or bad. So they didn't say that I looked amazing and they didn't say I looked big or like nothing, no matter what weight I was, like the guys that I dated and went out, like no one's ever said, oh my fucking God, like you look so sexy, right? Like it just, I don't really remember Mm. that happening. Maybe it did a couple of times, but like, wasn't like that whole worshiping your body. So I started, yeah, seeing this guy and it was, (laughs) it was like next level, the bike shorts, like we'd go for a run. I'd be running a little bit further in front and he'd just be like, oh my God, you look so good. 
and then was like <laughs> trying to get me to eat more. It's like, come on, you're exercising. You need to eat more. You need to gain a bit more weight. You know, like it was always as a joke, but I was like, mm. what? I need to gain weight. I need to lose weight. Anyway, it was just so much positive reinforcement. <laughs> I don't want to say that a guy did this, but like, it, like I'm just going to be honest, just because I'd never experienced it before. I'd never had this acceptance of thick thighs or like cellulite. I think I'd already been building up to that point where I was, I was happy with my body. I wasn't really trying to lose weight. I was just like five kilos above my goal weight in quotation marks. Like I wasn't, and I just had come to a place of acceptance, but I think that that just helped. It just helped so much. I would love to hear people's experiences. If you can DM me, have you had Mm. a guy worship your body like a temple? And you're just like, what? Like, it's just so different to what you've experienced before. Yeah, totally. I was literally going to say that. I'd be interested to hear how many people have experienced that before. Mm. And, you know, to your point, though, I think you have to be at a certain point of acceptance to be okay with that too. Otherwise, you might be like, nah, what are you talking? I just soaked it all up. Like, I was in such a good place, I think, about it that I was able to take the compliment. Yeah, I've had a guy who, like, if I would have continued to see him, I think it would have gone down that path as well. Like, he Mm. used to say a lot of things like comment on my thighs and, like, be grabbing them and stuff. Yes, the grabbing of the thighs. (laughs) Yeah, I I was in such a place of self-loathing then that I just could not open myself up to those sort of comments. But I'm really keen to hear as well, like, what kind of messages get from people and I think the other point to that is that there's so many different kinds of people and they like all different kinds of body shapes everyone has different types sometimes maybe we go for a certain type of person that you know like they might like something different but that's not a reflection on you at all that's just totally that's what their type is just like I have a type just like you have a type there's all different types of people and they like all different body shapes I think if you are confident in yourself and you don't get offended if people aren't gelling with you on a personality level you need to carry that same level of just like assurance on who you are yeah Yeah. because it's fine then it's not personal I don't take it personally if somebody doesn't like my personality doesn't want to be my friend whatever that's fine I've got loads of friends right Mm. same with your body if somebody if that's not for them it's fine you'll meet someone and and it will be for them yeah yeah I think that we have to remember that and then I also think like if you meet someone that loves your body and just tells you that they love your body, like I think, and you do it back to them as well. I'm more conscious yeah. of now giving compliments. I, <laughs> we forget that it's really nice to compliment like the person that you're having sex with or the person that you're seeing or the person that you're in a relationship with. It's so nice to know how attracted they are to you. So like, I think that on the flip side that you do it back. One positive that has come from this whole movement, though, as much as we probably don't compliment our partners enough, women, I've noticed, compliment each other so much more now. And Mm. I think that's probably why we forget to do it to our partners because we're so used to just hyping each other up. Um, Mm. But I think that's such a good point that you made. Like we do need to be more conscious of giving those compliments back to our partners as well. Yeah. Oh, the other thing on that though, is that I'm at this fitness camp at the moment and I, I'm trying to gain weight. Cause like I, lo- I, mm-hmm. I kind of was traveling around and so I just like lost a bit more weight and then my shorts weren't fitting me. And so I was like, got here and I said to the trainer, I was like, I want to gain weight. That's the first time. <laughs> That's the first time in my life that I've wanted to gain weight. But I had noticed when I posted a photo, people were like, oh my God, you look so fit. Like you do still get compliments when you lose weight. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. still, yeah. 
it doesn't bother me at all, but like it is still an ingrained thing, I think, that we we compliment people who have lost weight. Yeah, I think it'll take time to shift because it's taken us such a long time to get to this point where anything beyond like a Kate Moss body is attractive. I think that shift in people just not making positive or negative comments about someone's body will take time as well because I had someone comment that to me recently where they had noticed that I'd lost weight but they didn't say it until I Ah. mentioned something about like losing weight and then I think I said something about needing to buy a different pair of jeans or something. And then they like said, oh, I actually wanted to mention it, but I wasn't sure like if you were trying to lose weight or if there was some other health issue going on, you just never know. And I was so taken aback by that because Mm. so many people are quick to jump and compliment people on weight loss, but sometimes it's not intentional and it Mm. can actually be quite a sensitive topic for someone. So I think that shift will happen where people eventually don't actually make comments because I'm starting to notice it a little bit. I've been really guilty of it. I've been really guilty of doing it. If I know the person's trying to lose weight, though, I think you're right. If you know that they're like trying to get healthy or whatever it is that they're trying to do, then you're kind of aware of it. Mm -hmm. Any last thoughts on this topic? Any advice for the listeners? Look, I think I, I really just hope that there were some things that we spoke about where if you're going through like a bit of a tough time with accepting yourself, that there's some little nuggets here that you can use to help you along on your journey. But just that, remember that it is a journey. Nothing mm. is going to change overnight and you just have mm. to be kind to yourself. It, it, it'll take time, but you will get there and just surround yourself with you know, positive people, whether that's friends, family, because I think you're less likely to then get into toxic romantic relationships Mm. like that as well. Yeah, no, mine is more of a dating tip. I just reckon find someone that just worships your body. I just like think that's so important now. (laughs) I just this, I'm never going back. I'm never, I'm literally (laughs) never going back. It's so sexy. And then you don't have to like I'm I'm waiting for that moment. And you can just walk around naked and be like, meh, that's just such a game changer. So I would from a dating perspective. Yeah, go go out. I, they're out there. I'm sure they are. And definitely yeah. a big no to anyone who, as you said with your husband, any red flags about like not accepting your body as it is because you're all yeah. beautiful. All right. Love it. So nice to have you, <laughs> Rav. Love chatting. Thank you for having me. That was great. Thank you so much. See ya. So, Linda, I feel like you have a, would have a lot to say on this topic. I, I've actually got, you know, two pages of notes on this <gasps> okay. topic very close to my heart. I know. So your first thing that you talked about is how you felt about your bodies growing up and how media influenced that. So I was thinking when I was young, the supermodels were actually a slightly larger size. Mm, they were, So yeah. we had those healthy kind of robust looking 80s models Cindy Crawford yeah Cindy Crawford Naomi Campbell she yeah. was very muscular Claudia Schiffer and then something happened I think there was 1993 this ad campaign came out for obsession I don't know if you remember it by Calvin Klein no I was five years old <laughs> 1993, yes, you were. I was five years old, but, yeah. (laughs) Don't know if you remember it, Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) So they featured Kate Moss 
back yes. then, so she must yes. have been still around in your day, kind of this wayfish emaciated model. So I don't know how that happened. And then you brought up when you'd been at boarding school for year nine and you got back yep. and you took yourself off to a weight program. Weight loss program. Did I encourage that? You at, you worked at, you were a volunteer and you used to do the weigh-ins. Before you went? <laughs> no, no, no. We both joined together. I think you led me into it. Yeah, I begged you and then you were like, I mean, it was understandable. Like I'd gained so much weight and felt so uncomfortable and was actually so unhealthy, ridiculously unhealthy. And so I think that it wasn't a bad thing to start to take care of myself, but it's just the problem with those weight loss programs is the calorie restriction so low. No, it was like I I couldn't eat twelve hundred calories. I eat like you know two thousand plus a day. For memory, you had a goal weight, which could be anything within what was thought to be healthy for your height but I remember I loved it I loved the meetings the community and it's now known I won't say what it's called but the program's focus now is on overall health it was probably different it would have been 17 years ago so it was probably Mm. really different back then in terms of like weight loss programs were about restricting food restricting certain types of food like back when I was growing up diets were probably a little bit different in terms of it yeah. wasn't really about holistic health. So my point about all that is yes. I have tried everything, light and easy, <sighs> three-day juice cleanses. I remember. I know you're still doing that. I've tried diet pills even recently. <laughs> hate to say went to a weight loss doctor just for a temporary fix and he just said no. So yes. I guess the point is I haven't come to – you you talk about acceptance. I haven't come to the acceptance of my current weight, and I, I I've gone up and down fifteen kilos since my twenties. So I'm at the top end, and I don't feel comfortable. I don't mm. fit into enough of my clothes. I just I said to you though, like I feel pretty good at the moment, and even if I went up maybe like five kilos, I'd feel pretty good. But I do understand the feeling of when you're sort of above that weight that you feel comfortable in your clothes fit you. Yeah. I get that. I feel that too. I said to you the other day, like if I if I went back to how I was in year nine, I, I wouldn't probably feel that comfortable just because it's mm, not. Yes. My, none of my clothes would fit me. And, that, and I felt that in lockdown too. All of my nobody jeans didn't fit me anymore and it was like I just had to give them to Ruby. It was, yeah, I was never going to fit into them again. Mm. Getting on to men and our bodies, when I met Rob, I had been living overseas and had put on a lot of weight working uh, in a restaurant in London where the best thing was fried potato skins with sour cream, which sounds absolutely revolting now. When I came back, I saw the fatty doctor of the day. I cannot remember (laughs) who he was. You can't say can't say fatty doctor what he was the weight loss doctor of the day he had a clinic I can't remember what it was called a couple of friends had gone there and honestly every week you'd be weighed he would inject you with I actually do not know what it was he put you on a diet and voila I lost all the weight yeah oh my god you didn't know what he was injecting you with I can't remember. I've tried to Google it at 1986. It doesn't come up. And then having children, of course, is an up and down process. 
And that sort of continued. But Rob has never once criticised me. He says to Mm. this day, I love your curves. And when I complain Mm. about being fat and I Mm. change 10 times before I go out, he just says, show it all off. Don't cover up your ass. I know. I've heard him say that many times. I have heard him say that. But... I can't take the compliment because I know how I feel about myself and I think my weight issues are more about how I look with clothes on rather than nude. I don't understand why you do wear wear moo-moos. You should show it off. (laughs) I'm not wearing moo-moos. I'm wearing shirts and jeans and I'm... Moo-moo shirts. Big issue. You looked so good at your 60th. You had like a tight top on with that sequin skirt and you look so curvy and sexy. I think maybe it's too late for you. You're in your your 60 now. Well. And you just can't shift that mindset. As I said, I only fit into half my clothes and I'm actually just not ready to say this is okay, this is my size and I'm going to throw out the smaller clothes. And, yes, it is a constant battle in your mind because every day I say I'm going to eat better today, every day. (laughs) You're not really hard on yourself about anything. You're a pretty, like, even even Stephen. You're just very easy got. But this is the one thing that you're not that easy going about. One thing I can't. Well, yeah. I'm I'm a disciplined person, and I just yeah. can't conquer it. <laughs> so, the next part was how has your relationship with your body changed? So for me, I exercise more. Yeah. I feel strong and healthy. Yeah. But still, I just don't know how I'm going to get these kilos off because actually, in reality, they are physically weighing me down. I train twice a week now. I get more puffed out. It's harder to squat. It's harder to plank, harder to do a sit up, (laughs) and it's just freaking uncomfortable. So I'm going to use my April holiday. Yes. Part of that's a bike ride in the Camino to get myself on track hopefully. This episode was actually about body acceptance. I'm glad that you've turned it into this is how I'm going to lose weight this year. (laughs) I haven't. I've said I can't, I cannot accept my current weight. And knowing someone in their 80s who when they come face to face with themselves in a lift mirror says, oh my God, I'm so fat. I actually don't know if you ever come to that acceptance sadly, but I, you know, hopefully people do. But I don't. Rav and I both feel that we're both on, on the way. Board. Good. Now I've got I've got a final note because I asked a yes. couple of friends in their fifties if to see if they had similar feelings to me. Yes. So yes. friend number one said, I've been on a diet from age twelve. Aww. At any weight, I have struggled to feel confident and happy. Aww. There is so much pressure for females to be slim. As so I get older, true. it is it is harder to lose weight and feel comfortable. I remember being told once that a man can be overweight but not a woman. Dear, oh dear. Oh, that's so sad. And then to end on a more positive But so note, honest. I really liked that. So honest. I, I, I liked it. Friend number two said, being tall, people always thought I was older and I liked that, but I was very insecure about not being skinny. Many girls were stick thin and I wanted that. Yeah. In reality, I actually had a nice shape and I weighed way less than I am now. So I've been all sizes from a 10 to an 18. I would just be happy to be between a 12 and a 14. And now in my 50s, it's a love-hate relationship, very linked to my emotions. Mm. I now know I need to look after myself as I get older, so true, more for health reasons than beauty. And my body and I are friends. Sometimes we don't get along. Sometimes we love each other, but usually we are good. 
Oh, well, that's a mm. nice one to end on. If you're listening to this episode, I would love to hear your thoughts on how you feel. And yeah, we'd really love to hear your experiences with all of this. So find me on Instagram. All right, Linda, we'll be back in two weeks. Well, we'll be back and hopefully we'll see a bit of your kickboxing on Insta. I know. (laughs) Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. 